morning. This is the Ringer NBA show. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm John Gonzalez. So this is new. New. It's our first Monday of the NBA season. Yeah. The two of us will be doing a sort of like a headlines Monday morning podcast. We don't have a name yet. We're working on it. We're workshopping it. It's it's basically uh, us nerding out on what happened over the weekend. We'll go through yeah. a whole bunch of topics. but It's kind of like table setting for the week. It's sort of like this is what happened. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is where we are on Monday. This is the games that we're excited about and kind of what you need to know right now. All the things that we were talking about, all the things we want to talk about. And we want to keep it tight. We decided we were going to do like... It's going to be a tight 30 minutes. We're going to have a clock element too. Yeah, absolutely. 30 minutes, at, 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 hopefully. Hopefully. If something wild happens, maybe we'll go over. We'll ask for more time. Overtime. Go. Yeah, overtime. There could be an overtime segment. This is the no overtime podcast. Yes. Um, let's get into it. We had a rundown all set, and then things got a little crazy last night because the Thunder are one and two. Mm-hmm. They lost the buzzer to Andrew Wiggins's Minnesota Timberwolves. Give Andrew Wiggins more money. Give him more money. I was uh, skeptical of the Andrew Wiggins max deal, but he looked good. He has looked good. I like him quite a bit. I think he's he's been much maligned. Uh, I want to hear you defend your OKC Thunder because you have said quite a few times uh, just in our private conversations, how much you liked them. You were excited about them. Yeah. Juliet, two losses in a row. They w- they went down hard against the Jazz, and then Andrew Wiggins uh, upsets them. What say you? I just want to say, I don't know about that Carl Town screen <laughs> at the beginning of that play, okay? Just going <laughs> to throw that out there. A, you want a little help from that. It was right in front of the referee, but mm. no big deal. He, he just, um, that was a really hard screen, and I think if it's not the kind of like anointed king of the NBA in 2020. Maybe that's a different call. And second of all, I, I can't believe you're begging for the refs to bail saying. out the OKC Thunder who have three superstars. Let Carl Anthony Towns pick. Let him you eat. You can't you can't have Carmelo on your side and not blame the refs, you know? Fair enough. This is why I like the Thunder and I'm not giving up yet. Okay. I think this is a really good role for Carmelo Anthony. Like this is the the best the most I've enjoyed watching him play since the Olympics, probably mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. <laughs> and short list. Short list. Um, he, you know, everyone loves Olympics mellow. And this is sort of like as close as it can get for him in the NBA. And he's 33 years old. And really good players prolong their careers by becoming really good shooters. He was already a great scorer and a pretty good shooter. And he he was poised to win the game for them. He had a go-ahead three at the end. Uh, and then OKC how, just, just didn't get back on defense. How'd that work out? It didn't work out, right? They have a defense problem. Let me. They have a lot of problems. Let me run just because you had mentioned the shooting. Sure. Uh, and you like watching Mello in the Saturday loss to the Jazz. Yes. Twenty six shots to get twenty six points. In yeah, the their Sunday box loss, scores are a little alarming. Nineteen shots to get twenty three points. I'm not so sure about Shooter Mello. Okay. I'm not so sure about them together. I mean, I look three games. I like them in theory, but the Jazz defense really shut down their offense. And when you have to take 26 shots to get 26 points, Mello, I, I, that's not Olympic Mello. That's not like good teammate Mello. That is old school. That's I'm mellow. popping it, Mello. Just right, Mello. Right. Um, you know, before the season started, I believe Bill Simmons said that the Jazz were a sneaking contender for the Ewing theory. Mm-hmm. And that definitely seems to be borne out so far. They seem like they're enjoying themselves. They've got good defense. And they are not, they're, they're um, not just like a speed bump so far. Through three games, of course. Everything on this podcast comes with a caveat of like small sample size overreaction. Can I reveal something? Sure. Uh, I, ver- I restrained myself from doing this, but at multiple points over the weekend, I almost sent you just pictures of Ricky Reba. <laughs> Because I love his him luscious so, hair. I love him so much, and he looks so good with the Jazz. 
Uh, the perimeter defense with him at the front of it is excellent. And then the backline defense with Rudy Gobert, that's a legit thing. The yeah. Jazz look good, and OKC could not crack that problem. And then I think it lingered a little bit. They had a little hangover sure. against the Wolves. I, I know that there's supposed to be better scheduling this season, but I actually think the scheduling at the beginning of the season has been really suspect. I find it I find it weird to put the Thunder and the Warriors on back-to-backs in the first season of uh, first week of the season. Yeah, they got to knock these out. Earlier, I guess, I guess. Sure. and then they're gonna. Then when the season starts, there'll be more spacing. But I don't think okay, OKC can't blame the refs. No, they can't blame the sure. scheduling. They have to blame <laughs> OKC. They got three superstars. I want to say one other thing that makes makes me. Um, You're an OKC hopeful. apologist. Yes, I am. I right. really am. I think that Russ looks good in that, like, yes, he's playing well, but also he's distributing a lot. And he has come out in all of their games looking um, not to attack like he did in for 82 games last year, but a slight, a slightly more traditional point guard distributor role, which uh, is, bodes well. I like Russ just fine. I worry about this team. I, I do not, however, worry about your guy. You were quite excited about Giannis. Yes. Giannis is the Russ of this season. That's that's kind of my take. So you're buying like uh, okay. So in- I bought all the stock, <laughs> and it's appointment viewing, is it not? Where were it you is. on Friday afternoon? What, I told you this before, so because we we gathered to discuss what this sure. pod would be, and we talked and blah blah blah. And I said, I my wife flies back and forth uh, from coast to coast every work every weekend for work. So be- while she's out, I just watch basketball. I did. Where was I on Friday? Same place I was on Saturday and Sunday, parked in front of my television watching the NBA. Giannis is amazing. <laughs> amazing. I love my job, by the way. They're like, oh, I have to go watch basketball. Uh, he's so good. He's so good. So they lost on Friday to the Cavs. Yeah, they still lost, though. We should probably mention that. LeBron is still LeBron. But then uh, Saturday night, they played the Blazers, mm-hmm. who are good, who I'm not, I am I can't really emotionally commit to right now. But, I love the Blazers. But they're, they're fun. They look, uh, they look good. You know, who, you know who is... CJ McCollum is just like exciting. He just is like a f- he's fun to watch because you don't know what's going to happen with him. You know what I mean? I love CJ McCollum for a number of reasons. I, I like him because he was on the bench for a while to start his career and we didn't know what he was going to be and he came out of a small school. And then all of a sudden you pair him with Damian Lillard and he's Damian Lillard 1A and it looks great. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. Also, he's a great talker. He's going to be, He'll be a good broadcaster sooner or later than. Uh, longer he'll just take this job like this pod that we just started he'll have that because he's really good at it i love the blazers i'd like you to commit to them uh maybe for next week sure maybe for next week um but right now it's Giannis time it's Giannis. although so here's my thing about Giannis. okay Uh, he's fantastic right he's a, a stat stuffer across the board he can Get to anywhere on the floor with one step he's just an absolute monster right now the shot is still a little funky sure but that game where he like he clearly he, he and he's shown this in previous seasons too when he faces LeBron he wants to show LeBron like how good he is yeah. and LeBron's getting asked questions about Giannis beforehand and I and I would like him in those big games just to go do him sure. rather than trying to show out because that it, it looked like it like affected him slightly in that game yeah he it's a lot of great stat line kind of doing a, a little bit too much are you so you're buying this uh, MVP talk already like. Yeah, this and this is why I think his shot, as you said, is still not great. He's not he's not the greatest shooter. He's not he's not like a Kevin Durant style scorer. He made a three pointer against the Blazers. That's fun. Cool. He made one. That's yeah. great. <laughs> but if you uh, if you just 
watch like only the Giannis plays that you're that make you kind of like stunned. Mm-hmm. It's because he has gotten so much better by the basket and he can adjust in the air in a way he didn't used to be able to. And he just has clearly worked on his post moves quite a bit. And that's that's exciting because that just means he can like like LeBron bully people around him and just score. He's so much bigger physically than most of the people who try to who guard him now that it's just not really fair. It's not physically he is an absolute monster. Also I think he really wants this. Like look at his minutes per game he played 39 minutes against the Blazers, and this is not unusual. I mean, he he has said he wants to be out there all the time forever, and Jason Kidd's going to let him run, yeah. which I think will really help him on the, on the Russ quest for their MVP when you're just chasing stats sure. and you know grabbing rebounds that probably somebody else should have grabbed. Uh, the, sure. th- those are going to be Giannis' rebounds. The I rebounds, like it. The rebounds for Giannis make more sense because he's much taller than Russ. The, yeah. other, the other thing is like when you start looking at the Bucks and you take out Giannis, you're like, okay, this team is fine. But then, Fine. then you, yeah. So Jabari Parker's still out. Malcolm mm-hmm. Brogdon won Rookie of the Year, but like, I don't know. He's and that was a faux Rookie of the Year. That is, he's holding that for Joel yeah. Embiid. It's he should give it back. He should yeah. say he should wrap it up and put a bow on it and ship it off. It's kind of like he won the attendance record. Yeah, he in, showed in up every school. day. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm here, and he's great. Good for him. But like, as you know, he's fine. He's not. He's not like. And if he had been in this rookie class, he definitely would not have won. No. So he's good, whatever. Chris Middleton has been looking good, but my, but does he look good without Giannis? Like, he gets looks that he wouldn't get otherwise. He needs— And then and then it gets thin. Then you have John Henson. Right. I'm sure the Bucks would trade him, given the opportunity. <laughs> Greg Monroe, who's still Greg Monroe and yeah. doesn't fit in today's NBA. And then Delhi, who, you know, is— Annoys everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Jason Terry has like your your vet off the bench. They do have, I think, the NBA's leading cheerleader right now, who is DJ Wilson. You love DJ Wilson. Great, great cheerleader. Uh, on your uh, sideline cheerleader rankings, where does he fall so far? So high. He's like got the Camp Cat Baysmore trophy right now. I like that about him. I mean, you got to do something because you're right. It's super thin. You look at this team. Like the the other reason why Giannis has to play so many minutes is because who else is playing minutes? Right. I There's, mean, you mentioned John Henson. I like John Henson fine as like a like a ten to fifteen minute. He played twenty four yeah, minutes against the Blazers. He's a key cog in their rotation. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, and and so but the Bucks are still like exciting. They look like contenders, not with the Cavs, but um, they're 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 worth like getting home early for. And the, that's that's I think sort of. A high bar already, and Giannis is twenty two, and like we said, he doesn't have a lot. Of, he doesn't have like stunning help around him. No, I love him quite a bit. That that's my one concern about him being an MVP candidate is what's his team going to look like, and how good are they actually going to be? Because it's one thing for Russ to go out there and like average a triple double and win the MVP award, even though everybody knew they were going to be a like a, an out, an early mm-hmm. out. I wonder what that looks like for the Bucks in the sure. Eastern Conference if they don't. Uh, Go past expectations. Does he still get that sure. same credit? I don't we're, know. We were talking about we were talking about this on the NBA preview Palooza last week, which mm-hmm. we did, which, which was, like, was excellent. Our video countdown. Yeah, it was fun. Um, like after a season with a, a subpar team, or not subpar, but like a decent team being just dragged to the playoffs, will voters again want that kind of candidate or someone just from like a straight up winning team? I picked Kawhi, uh, who hasn't played yet. Because I thought, you know, Kawhi was a dark horse candidate sure. last year. He was really good. The Spurs, you would expect to be good per usual. Uh, he should actually maybe get out there. But now Giannis, I mean, nobody picked Giannis, and I think we should have. Yeah. The only person who knows is Danny Chow. Danny Chow. Shouts he, to Danny. He want, he's like our scout, so he should. He's good with she that She should stuff. be picking it, picking it right. Okay. Next. Yesterday. Drama. Ma- major drama. And in the 2 o'clock Pacific hour, 
Eric Bledsoe tweeted, I don't want to be here. Open to interpretation immediately. Within an hour later, Mm -hmm. Earl Watson, his coach, is fired. So what was your, what did you think that tweet meant? Because initially everybody expected that the tweet meant, hey, I hate it here. Get me the hell out. Which, considering what they did to him last year where they shut him down as a healthy scratch for the last, what, 15, 20 games so they could tank just a little bit more, I would have been pissed too if I were him. Absolutely. But then they go and fire uh, Earl Watson, who was admittedly terrible, although they should have known it. It's three games, not like three games. They were like, oh, my God, Earl Watson, what the hell is he doing? So do we think that maybe – Eric Bledsoe found out about Earl Watson before the Earl Watson news was announced, and then he was just, like, over overall upset about it? Yeah, so I, at first, thought it was probably supposed to be a DM. That was my thought. I was like, oh, he messed up. That mm-hmm. should have been a DM to someone. Uh, but then he didn't delete it. And if it's supposed to be a DM, I think the protocol is delete. And yeah. I, it's still up, I believe. Is it? I think so. It's not good in Phoenix. No. Things are not going well. It's not good. But then but then I realized that uh, Bledsoe and Earl Watson both are represented by Clutch Sports. So I thought perhaps he knew in advance and was like upset about, about his coach you, or something. Because the thing about Earl Watson is that he was almost fired before. Should have been fired before. I He's be- a bad in-game coach. On t- I, mean, like, I believe he was not fired, though, because players liked him. Okay, so yes, I believe that they do like him. However, at one point he was liked. (laughs) How much could you like a guy? I mean, his rotations are really squarely. Like so far through three games, he's got Marquise Chris playing fifteen and a uh, fifteen three minutes a game, and then he's got Alex Len at twenty three. How is that possible? You've got these young guys who you want to go and see out there, and you've got Alex Len, who you know what Alex Len is. I don't understand his rotations. I don't understand how he's deploying people on the floor. I didn't yeah. get it. Like, there was a number of times where I was like, Earl Watson's really bad. I guess the Suns, like, woke up and they watched a game? I don't know. There must have been something else internal. I, there's, there, It's, like, legitimate to ask, like, what is the Suns' goal? Are they trying to tank? Are they trying to play basketball? Are they trying to have Devin Booker score 70 points again? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's unclear, like, what they're going for. But I also think... Josh Jackson now had kind of an under-the-radar moment that I wonder if he's going to get fined for. Not so under-the-radar. Which is he did like a like a hand-shooting motion at fans. Finger gun. A finger gun, yeah. With which, a trigger pull. Which is just like, you know, it's, it's a bad thing to do. It's, uh, Don't import, do that. In poor taste. Really bad for your star rookie for the beginning of the season for him to do that. So it also just makes it seem like maybe there's just general chaos there. And if he's not fined for that, by the way— I'll be very surprised. Yeah, he's been sort of, um, he's gotten a lot of run, but he's been a little disappointing, uh, Josh Jackson, on a number of fronts. I wonder about Eric Bledsoe, though, because you mentioned, like, okay, so what are the Suns trying to do? Well, they are trying to tank. They're trying to tank, yeah. Uh, they're not really trying to play basketball. I would like to see them, I mean, yeah, and Devin Booker, they want Devin Booker to score as many points as Devin Booker can possibly score. Fine. All that is to the good. I, I get it. I will say, for Devin Booker, I also would not want to be there because being on a losing team like this will just depreciate his value. I'm sure he'll get a big deal after his rookie contract, but like that sucks. Devin Booker's not going anywhere. The the guy that who might be going somewhere and probably should go somewhere is Eric Bledsoe. He's in the prime of his Absolutely. career. He's been floundering. I mean, like a couple of years ago when Ryan McDonough had the three-point guard experiment with Goran Dragic and also Isaiah Thomas, right. like that's when it really started to go south because the year before that, it looked like, okay, with just the two of them, that could be like a thing, right? And then since then, Eric Bledsoe has been alternately misused. He was hurt for a second. Last year, he's healthy and then a healthy scratch at the end of the season. If I'm him, I'm really pissed because he is hyper-talented. I think he probably does one out. He should one out. Where might he go? There's not a ton of point guard openings. I mean, 
DeAndre Jordan immediately was like, come back, bro, because he was used right, to be right, behind. Right, right, right. And he would be a good fit on the Clippers, I think. He, so the Clippers— he was, And now Teodosic is hurt. They can't afford Bledsoe. But they, right, they can't afford him. Teodosic is hurt, but they still have Pat Bev. They still have Lou Williams. They have, still have Son of Doc, Austin Rivers. <laughs> is that all you call him by, Son I, of Doc? Son of Doc. He's the only reason he's employed. He's fine as a human being, but I don't, I don't get it. Um, you're right. You look around the league and you go, who needs a point guard? Point guards are pretty deep. You know who does need a point guard is the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets could use one. And and this is something that we're concerned about, which is that Jokic is having a weird start. Oh, can we talk? Is, is this a quick? Oh, no, we've, we've got a. We'll get we've to got Jokic. This for later. We've but, got this for later. But it's true. So the, the Nuggets are good. They have mm-hmm. Paul Millsap. They've got Jokic. They weirdly still have Kenneth Reed, which I always forget about and then remember and have to mention. Right. Um, and then they're banking on Jamal Murray or Emmanuel Moutier to be good. That would be a nice landing spot for him. Yeah, if 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 they could clear clear some way, that'd be great. I'm looking at other teams here. Um, I mean, just as you run through it, Mavericks no, Thunder no, Kings no, Lakers no, Pelicans no. I mean, you just run through it. Like you're right, there aren't a lot of landing spots for him. Uh, yeah. The, so the I big mean, the big thing that the internet immediately said was um, with Bledsoe. Not only it, it is uh, Cleveland because he's part of Clutch. Right. But Cleveland has a a lot of guards, just they do. And they got Isaiah Thomas, who I'm sure does not want doesn't want to be on the same team with Bledsoe again. Has like, at least one working hip that we know of. Yeah, at least one. They've got Jose Calderon, the the ghost of <laughs> Jose Calderon playing. I Derek Rose, and then they have just like enough issues. Like the Dwayne Wade is not like really. He's just sort of like a Christmas ornament on the Cavaliers tree right now. He's not really like in. They haven't figured out what to do with him. I don't. I don't think Bledsoe will go to Cleveland. I, I think that um, all the LeBron theories, like in general, like they can't all just they can't happen. all be right. Every, everything that seems obvious related to LeBron can't just happen. That would be a fun landing spot for him. I think it would be odd though if um, they added yet another guard. Yeah, like it, what do they do there? No, he he can't go to Cleveland. We'll talk about. We've got a lot more to talk about, but first a timeout because I need to tell you about Casper mattresses. A Casper mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foams create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. You can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. That's a lot of time. And you want to know what? I have a Casper. I'm well beyond my 100 nights, and... I guess I'm inching my way towards a third of my life, and it's delightful. I sleep very well. I love being in my bed. It's a lovely place to take in a basketball game, you know, if you've got a, a TV in your bedroom. You really you really can't go wrong. I highly recommend it. And so if you're interested, you can get a special offer. You can get $50 off towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com MBA and use the offer code MBA. Again, I'm a proud owner of a Casper mattress, and I encourage you to be be one as well. So go to casper.com slash MBA and use the code MBA for $50 off. Can we talk about Lonzo real quick? Yeah. So because I'm th- excited about I it. I will say I yeah. feel that this firing of the of Earl Watson's kind of a win for Lonzo Ball. Okay. Because Lonzo you, played really well in their game against the Suns. And sure, it was just the Suns, but that kind of like got him like awake to be in the league. And now it'll be like three games in, Earl Watson was fired, and in game two it was an embarrassing loss to the Lakers led by Lonzo Ball. So, so you, congrats to Lonzo. <laughs> so you think he is the one who buried Earl Watson? No, I don't think he's the one, but I he's, think, but he's I think part the, of the narrative, and I'm happy about we that. We should go with it. Um, that first game, I was at that first game, 
uh, it was really bad for Lonzo against the Clippers, and people were definitely burying him. And then he goes off and he plays the Suns. And look, the Suns are not good, as we've learned, uh, largely owed to Earl Watson. I like Lonzo. I think he looked really good in the next two games. I know that he you know, wasn't part of whatever quote-unquote comeback they had in the third game. And, you know, he was sort of sitting. But I like, I like you know, that he can distribute. He's not forcing shots. Um, he's looking to set guys up. He's rebounding a little bit. And he's, he's good on the break. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good, too. And also, do rookies have to be great in their first game in the NBA? I would like rookies to be good at some point, which is another <laughs> topic we'll be discussing. I'm, I need a therapy session on the Sixers in a minute. But, yes, I, I think you're right. We I, we overreact. We love the NBA so much yeah. here that, you know, even in preseason, I was, like, you know, watching all the preseason games and coming up with these opinions about things that, of course, don't matter because preseason basketball is garbage and fake. Uh, so, yeah, we probably all need to pump the brakes three sure. games in. Sure. I think the Lonzo Ball sports movie would begin with Patrick Beverly being his first uh, opponent and yelling at him. So I, I just feel like it's actually I think everything's fine for Lonzo. He had like the one of the toughest defenders and like uh, sort of one of the biggest shit talkers on his first game. Mm-hmm. Then his dad came out and defended him. His and dad then he started playing better. Can we talk about his dad? Yeah, what let's talk said? about LeVar. What you have the quote, right? Yes. Uh, he had quite a few quotes, but I'll just I'll just read this one. <laughs> yeah, you shut the motherfucker down, and your check still ain't going to be no higher than what it is. Yeah, you shut him down. Okay, who is Patrick Beverly? He played all last year, and nobody said nothing about him. Now we are looking at your first game. Why? Because Lonzo's name is attached to it. That's really good. Good yeah, quote. I mean, thanks, sa- Dad. Saying that was your your last interview. Like you haven't done an interview in a while, and that'll be the last one, and the only one that you're giving is because of my son. I mean, he's good at that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it helps Lonzo any, but he's good at it. Yeah, totally. I, I like it. I uh, I wish the best for Lonzo. I just want everyone to be good because it'll be more fun. I agree. Um, Let's move on. Let's do, let's do some, uh, some concerns. All right. I have a lot of them. Do you want to start with faults? Let's just start with faults. You want to do that first? Yeah. This is going to take a second. You also wrote about this today on The Ringer. So if you're a Sixers head, and we have many because we're basically a Sixers blog, uh, we've got you covered. <laughs> Even if you're not, if, for example, you're a Celtics head because we're also a Celtics blog, uh, I wrote this piece and two things happened. On the TheRinger.com, because uh, I spent the weekend watching Markel Fultz look awful at the free throw line and also not get anywhere near the three-point line. So I wrote this piece uh, for The Ringer saying, oh, no. I'm really sweating this, and two things happened. One, Sixers fran- fans freaked out, and two, Celtics fans are really enjoying this. Mm. It, it, that beginning of the season with Gordon Hayward, the quickest way to feel better about yourself is to just look and go, oh, well, at least we didn't get Markel Fultz. Particularly because Tatum looks like an NBA player. He's a lot better than I was expecting. Do you know who is not better than I expected? Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, Juliet. What am I going to do about this? So he can't even hit the rim with his free, free throws. So I took a... Uh, video of this one of his free throws he, he took four free throws against the Raptors he only made four of them he's a guard he was also the first overall pick that shouldn't be on top of what shouldn't be he missed the entire rim and clanked one off of the left side of the backboard it was a hideous thud um I, I almost wept it's really it's really bad is he injured so there's that theory that there's something going on with his shoulder Kevin O'Connor wrote about this in the preseason, actually. And, and uh, yeah, The Sixers acknowledge that he is, like, maybe injured. But every NBA player is, like, a little banged up. You just don't really want it with your 19-year-old rookie who's in his third game. Brett Brown had said, 
it's probably bothering him more than he's letting on. Okay, fine. Here's my question. It's the Sixers. In the history of the Sixers, when have they ever hesitated to shut down a rookie right. who's been injured? Which is why I'm thinking, like, if he's actually hurt, why wouldn't they just shut him down? So maybe that's just a little bit of an excuse. I think we also have to look at the other possibility here, which is that this is in his head. He changed his free throw form unbeknownst sure. to the Sixers on his own over the offseason for reasons surpassing understanding because he shot almost 65% from the line at Washington, which wasn't quote-unquote good, but it was certainly better than whatever the hell this is. And then on top of that, he shot a bunch of three-pointers at Washington. Do you know how many three-pointers he shot so far with the Sixers? Um, zero? No three-pointers, Juliet. <laughs> Not only that, all of his shots have been, um, of the 23 shots he's taken— Ten of them have been from five feet or in. Right. This is not good. He again, he's a guard and he's the first pick, and I'm sweating it. I think they they definitely faults is his own problem because he looks really bad. But they also generally, I think, have an issue with whose offense is this because they have faults who could run an offense ostensibly, right. or at least when you drafted him, thought that he might do that. Then you have Ben Simmons, who I think looks great and is really fun to watch so far. Um, He's very his his height matched with his vision. It just makes him really exciting. And then you have Joel Embiid, who wants to be Kevin Garnett and stand at the top of the key. So it's an issue. At least Embiid's on a minutes restriction right now, so that limits how how uh, much they can all be fighting. But I think the true of all the super teams, there's only one ball is is afflicting the Sixers the most right now. Just one more quick thing while I'm I'm doing this therapy sure. session on you the literally sixes. just had to like <laughs> put your head in your your hands because you're so I'm upset. Rubbing, I'm rubbing my eyebrows and my face. None of this is good. Um, they somehow have two first overall picks with broken jump shots. Right. How do you get one? They know. got they have two right now. Though I definitely would rather have Simmons over faults. There's no sure, question. Absolutely. He looks he's good. I think I think he'll be fine. Uh, I told this is uh, on the concern. I like I don't know if we're doing like are we doing like a number scale sure, want, concern. Like so, what would the number scale be for the from one to ten? Sure, I'm gonna go with like seven. Twelve. Oh my god, the Sixers, the Sixer heads are upset. Yes. Um, Warriors, are you concerned? They're one and two, including a loss to the Grizzlies, in which Steph and KD both got thrown out, and Steph threw his mouth guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, love that he has a mouth guard, by the way. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And then they also lost to the Pelicans, I believe. Yeah. Um, zero concern. I'm a zero on that scale. You? Uh, I'm a zero as well. They're the Warriors. They'll be fine. Yeah. What about the Cavs? The Cavs lost to... Lost big to the Magic. To the Magic. Uh, you had mentioned Dwayne Wade's role. That was an obvious issue during that game. The Magic all of a sudden are like kind of sneaky, maybe? Yeah. They also beat the Heat on opening night. They lost to Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, can't win them all. Can't win, can't win them all. Um, I'm also not worried about the Cavs. The Cavs... I think they'll figure it out. It's the Eastern Conference. It's LeBron. He can win as many games as LeBron wants to win or play. That's true. I, th- I think they'll be fine. I do think the Cavs are weird. They're definitely... Mm-hmm. If, the, if the Warriors are a zero on the concern index, like the Cavs are like a two. Just because yeah. they're weird. I'm I'm cool with a two. I would have gone somewhere in that zero to two range. So sure, two works for me. Also, the Cavs are kind of old. They not kind of. They're old. Extremely old. Uh, yeah. So that's fine for the playoffs, but it's bad for the regular season. But so that's just the Cavs. That's the Cavs of the last four years. They take the regular season off. Yeah, and look, it's LeBron. We've seen this so many times where, like, during the regular season, he deter like they're going to tinker. They're going to see what's happening. Sometimes he's going to take games off, and then the playoffs start, and he has the blueprint. 
Sure. He knows exactly what to do right. to get them into the finals, and he's going to do it again. And, like, you know who else has a, the blueprint? Who? Dwayne Wade. Like, they're they're <laughs> fine. They know how to win championships. He's going to be telling them about the blueprint from the bench, I suspect. And that's good. Go back there. That's fine. Yeah. You know? Let J.R. Smith live. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. Let him cook. Um, Last the Rockets. Yeah. Chris Paul's out for two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Did you catch Chris Paul's weird uh, NBA or ESPN documentary series thing? Uh, I did not. Doc Rivers did, however. Yes. So Chris Paul, this is an aside. I'm, I'm not concerned about this. I'm into it. Chris Paul like just filmed himself through free agency and uh, used this documentary to throw shade at the Clippers. Just basically ac- accused him of having like, really, like, a not winning culture, which is kind of as mean as it gets in mm-hmm. the NBA. Attack the culture. Yeah. Attack yeah. the culture. And now, and then Doc fired back, being like, when you leave, just leave quietly. Just leave. Just leave. Which I, think I, when I you, agree. When you leave, you should just leave, which was like no mincing of words. Yeah. I was in that press conference when he gave that quote. And immediately, like, you know, when you're writing things down and you're, your head's down, you're not paying attention, everybody's face picked up and ears perked up and like that was not subtle at all there's clearly heat there well now we've all got uh december 22nd circled on our calendars and hopefully chris paul will be back by then because right now he's out with a knee problem Um, can we take a field trip you're in charge of the ringer office can we get like a bus and get everybody to go yeah absolutely they're not they're not into that's in houston they'll be in la in in january in in january we can go to that let's do that you got it you don't want a bus to houston no all right seems a little pricey i won't, won't be approving those expenses um I am not concerned about the Rockets. I am concerned about the CP3 um, injury. And I just think that that arrangement, Harden and Chris Paul, needs as many games as possible to reach its apex, which I think they'll need to win the whole thing. And I, I so that I'm going to give them a, a four. Is this an early Ewing theory possibility, too? Is, can, I don't, Chris Paul's been injured too much to even qualify for the Ewing theory. Like, like all of a sudden the Rockets are like, oh, yeah, we maybe we— we didn't did actually need didn't need him. you. Right, right. We yeah. actually didn't. I'm not concerned either. Um, overreaction. So we've got three games. Yes. And we just want to talk about a couple of Nikola's. Yeah. Yo- Jokic had a weird line this weekend. Yeah, Nikola Jokic uh, took three shots and didn't score any points. What and why? I, did you watch that game? No, I didn't. I don't understand how that's even possible. This is a guy who like had such an amazing leap from last year, and then all of a sudden, like, what, he's not the guy anymore because of Paul Millsap? I don't understand how he only gets three shots. It's That's very weird. And I know he's a great passer, but only three? Like, you could be, you just, by virtue of being on the court as much as he is, you he, should get, like, a minimum 10. He played 30 minutes. He had nine rebounds and seven assists and a steal. Fine, great. He took no free throws. He took one three-pointer and three shots overall. I have no idea how that happens. Paul Millsap, meanwhile, 11 shots, three threes, four or five from the line. Denver's supposed to be like the, the fun hit That's team, but we're, now we're nervous. Uh, so that was one overreaction. Another Nikola overreaction. Vooch. Did you notice that Nikola Vucevic is shooting and making three pointers this notice. year? I did notice. It's exciting. It's this is my this is one of my like uh, what are we thinking about the Magic deals? Because Nikola Vucevic against uh, the Cavaliers took a couple threes, made one, but the night before against Brooklyn took six threes or made six threes. He looks good. He does look good. I also, I want Frank Vogel to have success. I don't know why, but he just otherwise is like so sad to me. And I just want him to be able to pull it together. Is it possible that Nikola Vucevic is barreling towards being the best center in the East? Am I like way no. past this? I will not give up on, on Hassan Whiteside Island just yet. I don't want to give up on Embiid, but like Nikola Vucevic who can step out and shoot. I don't shoot. even think about Embiid. 
<laughs> you hurt me. Well, you, and, you're wounding me already. Embiid is Embiid is the best center in the East, but can he make it to 50 games? I don't know. Vucevic in that loss to the Nets was a plus 15. He had 41 points and 12 Incredible. rebounds and six threes. I don't even know what's happening. It's the Nets, man. Um, last nickel overreaction. Uh, not surprising addition. And in a weird turn of events, Nikola Mirotic hasn't returned Bobby Portis's text or calls. I wouldn't either. If can can we set some ground rules? Sure. Where you and I are just starting this pod. First of all, I will never sucker punch you. If you I've ever, never thrown a punch in my life. If you ever break my face, I will not return your messages. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a good baseline. I think that's totally fine as well. Completely but reasonable. It's Bobby Portis only getting eight game suspension is um, curious. The whole thing is curious. I mean, there are people who say that Nikola Mirotic is not, like, the best teammate, but also broken face. I don't know. That's really tough. All you right. have to be a pretty bad teammate for that. All right. Gonzo. Yes. Pick one game you're excited about this week. Only one. All right. Just um, pick one. Looking forward, I'm going to say Clips in Portland. I told you that I, I'm— a, I'm going to commit. I'm a Blazers nerd. I really like the Blazers. Nurk I like is Nurk. Just fun. I like Nurk. I like CJ. It's a good team for him. All of a sudden, Evan Turner might be shooting three pointers. Also saw Evan Turner running the running the offense, and I loved it. It yeah. just it was beautiful. He's ball dominant. Love Turner. Uh, I'm psyched for Bucks Boston. I'm gonna give this one to the Bucks. Hmm. I, I, my biggest shock of one season of one week of the season is Jalen Brown. I was just ready to be like, oh, he's been bust. Bad, bad pick, Danny Ainge. He looks good. He's a lot better. Like, they're still obviously really missing Hayward, and I I think they're just probably like a 46-win a team mm-hmm. without him. But That's Thursday night. Yeah, it's Thursday night. It's and exciting. I, I was shocked at how much better he is, and I was like, okay, this is good. People can change. And I think that'll be, that's like that's kind of like the second the second tier. We're having a, a viewing party in your office. Okay, I'm great. calling it. You got it. All right. I don't have an office, otherwise I'd invite you to mine. Well, we can work on that. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been your Monday morning NBA table setter. I don't. That's a bad way of putting it. You don't want to call it the table setter. No. We'll figure it out. We'll think of something. TBD on the name. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter with you suggestions. Thanks for listening. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm John Gonzalez. We'll be back next week.